Welcome to Snack Impact, a podcast for snack enthusiasts and caring humans. I'm your host, Bobby Ann, and this is our anniversary episode. From the deepest depths of my heart, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you listening. And to each and every guest that has been on, thank you for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to have a conversation with me. For today's episode, I'm doing something a little different. Instead of introducing a new snack, I put together a sweet montage of your top five favorite snacks from the last year. These are the episodes that you've listened to the most and shared with your friends. As you know, here on Snack Impact, we love snacks, but we also like to give recognition and appreciation to the positive impact these companies are making on the world. So for each episode, I've chosen a couple of clips that I think you'll really appreciate. The guest's favorite snack and their advice to you on how to make a positive impact yourself. I would love to hear which of these top five episodes was your personal favorite. Starting out with number five is episode three with Vesselcraft Coffee founder, Sarah Beth Coward. Vesselcraft Coffee is my personal favorite coffee shop in Virginia. Its social initiative is focused on serving ethically sourced premium coffee. Every quarter, they give back 10% of profits to community projects. Enjoy. When you walk into the coffee shop, you guys have a variety of different products. You have so many different options. What is your go-to coffee when you go in? So um, lately, like especially at my shop, we specialize kind of in our cold brews and kind of anything related to that. So that's kind of what I tend to um, lean towards. I used to do iced coffee, which there is a difference between iced coffee and cold brew. So I kind of, kind of lean towards the cold brews, um, and just like the different variations and all of that. So, um, that's, that's generally what I go for, but you know, I love good espresso too. For the other side of the audience that maybe they're not entrepreneurs, maybe they're not wanting to start a business or start a nonprofit, but they do want to make an impact. What is a suggestion for someone just, you know, wanting to make a difference in the world and have an impact on the community? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty simple. Look for businesses that are are making impacts and, and support those businesses. It's Um, It doesn't take much. That's what I always say. It doesn't take much. You really like for us, it doesn't cost you more to buy coffee at Vessel than it does to buy coffee at any other coffee. It's a pretty cool thing that like to support. Um, And then, you know, with our, with our missions around town, you know, we are, we are still a small company. So I wouldn't say that we're making like huge changes around town, but it's still, we're still making community connections and, and still building something. And I think as we grow, we definitely will, you know, affect more change, but certainly buying coffee from these smaller farms that um, are actually affecting, you know, either health outcomes or, you know, education or, or different things like it's making a difference and it doesn't cost you any more to do it. So just, I would say just kind of, especially our, our generation, they do research on the companies that they, they, spend their money at. And so I think it's, it's a pretty, pretty much a no brainer to know who you're supporting. Moving on to number four was episode eight with Sean Askinosi, the CEO and founder of Askinosi Chocolate and author of Meaningful Work, a quest to do great business, find your calling and feed your soul. 
This was my personal favorite episode from the past year because we really got a crash course into chocolate sourcing and everything about the chocolate industry that I had no idea about. It was very interesting and I hope you found it interesting as well. I know that it is really hard for somebody who's totally invested in their own business and you're crafting everything up yourself, but do you have any particular snack that you are kind of loving more than others at the moment, or you have a go-to <laughs> Askinosi chocolate? Um, you know, <laughs> I, I like, um, right now, lately I've been um, melting some chocolate and dipping ginger snaps in it. So I take our chocolate and I'll just take little ginger snap cookies and dip that in, in really small bites. I, I do that. Sometimes I will also take really good bread. I have a friend that makes awesome bread and we trade um, chocolate for bread <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll make a slice of bread and it's, it's great bread and I make it into toast and I will put um, chocolate and peanut butter and bananas. It's kind of like an Elvis Presley deal. And um, so that's a, definitely a snack that I like. And then, you know, just a snack that I like that really has nothing to do with our chocolate. Um, lately, I've been taking matzah crackers um, and um, putting butter and salt on matzah crackers, just a very simple snack. And I really, I really like that a lot. And, uh, and of course, I, I often snack on our malt balls. So I don't have to do anything but open because I get them by the bag full at the factory. <laughs> and um, there's nothing healthy about those malt balls, I will say. Um, but they're they're a great snack. And I've, I've enjoyed that. And you know, I think that um, snacks are a very important part of our culture. Uh, and, a, and a very important part of what's happening right now. Because it's a, it's something that we can have that will give us just a, a slice of comfort um, in these times that are very trying. And uh, it, it's often things that we know, we know how they're going to make us feel, and we don't have to feel guilty about it. And um, I think that it's something that is of the utmost importance. And I don't mean just my chocolate, I mean, any kind of snack you know, that people can enjoy together. Um, and allow it to be something that gives us a, a small bit of joy. I've said it before, and I fully believe it. I think that snacks and food in general is a universal language. I think it's something that everybody agrees on, or at least even if you don't agree on a particular snack, you agree that snacking is a positive thing for everyone. You know, I was kind of just discussing this with a friend that I've kind of gotten introduced to the snack community this year. And everyone that is involved in the snack community and all of these companies that we have here on the show are so inviting and so positive. And it's just a fun topic. And like you said, it's something that just brings joy to everyone, you know, picking out your favorite snack and hanging out and watching a movie. There's really nothing to solve a bad day that works better than that. Well, if you, if you can make me a co-host and let me share a screen, I'll show you a photograph of exactly the exact thing that you're talking about. So there's my daughter, there's me, there's Mr. Livingston. He's a farmer that I've known for 10 years, cocoa farmer. His wife is actually the one pictured on the front of our Tanzania bar because his wife is the leader and chairperson of the cooperative, but he's an elder in the village. I've known him for a long time. And what you see here, when I was in his house about a year ago, when we were last in Tanzania, I brought one of my favorite snacks 
I'm, I, I've never really talked about this um, before, but um, it's not sweet. I will tell you, but I brought two of my favorite snacks and what I'm giving him a little bite of here are sardines and uh, sardines are a great snack for me. And I wanted him to try them. And of course um, he liked it because they um, have a lot of fish near his village and they have little fish that look like sardines um, and that are kind of salty. So he liked that. And then the next thing that I did is if you can tell what this is, I get, I brought good and plenty because I love good and plenty and um, I'm giving him some good and plenty snacks. And so what, what you said is so true here, here I am halfway around the world in one of the ways, you know, I take a carry on. I don't check luggage when I go 60 hours to Tanzania, but it was important enough to me to bring snacks to my friend um, so he could enjoy a little bit of what I enjoy. And so you're right. I mean, it's this snacks really in in many ways, they can uh, bring the world together. And this is an example of that. Thank you for sharing that. That was so fun to see. And I'll see if I can get those pictures from Sean for you so you can kind of see that. We'll get that up so we can share those images with you for the listeners. That was so fun. I love that. And that's so heartwarming and just really makes me have faith in the snack community even more. What we've kind of heard throughout this entire episode is it is clear that between you and your family that being caring and just showing compassion and investing in impacts is ingrained in who you guys are as people and a company. And I know that a lot of our listeners have the same kind of heart. Unfortunately, we don't all have the opportunity to fly across to the Philippines and help Mm -hmm. out hands-on. So what would be something that you could recommend people do locally to make an impact? Well, thank you for asking this question. You know, Mother Teresa used to say that it's, it's really easy to love people on the other side of the globe, it's, it's harder to love people right inside your home. <laughs> and, and, and we know that now, because we've all been stuck together. We see the challenge of Mother Teresa's words, maybe now more than ever, but her words ring true because, and I would say this for myself, and I mentioned this earlier, I aspire to reach a place where I can have joy right here, right now, that I don't need to travel halfway around the world. Um, And I know that in my mind, and it's part of my work and it's part of my path and rhythm to find that. And so having said that preface, I would say to your listeners and viewers that um, the opportunity to make an impact is one that is right in front of us. And if all of us, can just give some reflection and thought and moments of silence to ask who in our neighborhood or who in our home or who on our street might need us. That's all we have to do. All we have to do is ask for some people like myself, it might be a prayer Uh, for others. It might be in meditation for others. It could just be a sort of question to the universe, which is who needs me? Who do I know that needs me? And this is a prayer that will be answered. I guarantee it. It will always be answered. The universe wants to answer that question, who needs me? And 
when we ask for that um, veil to be lifted so that we have a better um, sight into who might need us, then we can roll up our sleeves and start taking action. And I think that um, this is the paradox I was speaking of earlier. We don't do this for some profit or for some thing for ourselves, but the mysterious paradox is that we do end up getting something for ourselves, and that something is often joy. And so I think the question is even, well, we don't have to measure the impact. We just have to respond. That's it. The impact, and that will take care of itself. And so, especially now, I encourage people to spend some time with their own broken hearts. Um, We all have them. And if you don't have a broken heart out there, I encourage you to go get one um, because it's part of the depth of life that we live. And so if we can spend some time with our broken hearts and then ask this question of who might need us so that we can serve someone out of the place where our own hearts are broken, that then is the ultimate form of service because it's it comes from a place that we give out of our own weakness, out of our own brokenness. And we don't need, you don't need my book to do that. You don't, you don't need anything. You just need the willingness to do it. That is probably the best answer to that question that we've ever had on the show. Thank you. That mm-hmm. is incredible. And I hope that you Rewind this and play it and then rewind it and play it again. If you didn't hear it truly the first time, listen to that and take it to heart. I think that's amazing. Coming up at number three was our very first episode to kick off 2021. Episode 10 with Made With Local founder, Sheena Russell. This was such a fun episode and I absolutely love their bars. Made with Local is a B Corp certified company that creates nourishing snack foods in a social enterprise bakery. I'm so glad that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. You know, as the CEO, I would guess that you probably have some special privileges that help you score some snacks for yourself. Do you Mm -hmm. have any of the Made with Local favorites that you like to take home for yourself? Oh my God, I live off of my bars, honestly. And it's something where <laughs> there have been times in how, with, with how busy the business has been over the last few years. I, I've had a couple of babies as well in the last few years. So between having a family, having babies, uh, running this business and us growing at the rate that we've been growing, like there's been many times where, um, you know, and I would not recommend this to people, but where I'm like literally living off of my bars um, for days on end because you know, it's, uh, you're, ha- it's hard to find time to go and grab lunch or um, we're on the go, right? People in this industry are always, always moving. And it's funny that uh, I definitely, like I mentioned, I definitely would not recommend that because people need to eat vegetables sometimes, but I absolutely am a massive consumer of my own product. <laughs> you know, convenience is king. It's those easy to grab bars. That's why we love them so much. I know. I know. Well, I can see why you love them. I, myself, I keep a stash of bars on hand all the time. Um, though I work from home, sometimes it's just easier to grab a couple snacks in between your your small breaks, in between meetings or whatever you have going on. So I can see where the addiction happens. 
there is one last question that I am very much looking forward to hearing your answer on because you are the local impact queen. How can, in your opinion, just the average person make a local impact on their own? Oh, that's a good question. I, you know, for me personally, what I do outside of my business is find the organizations in your community that are not only that. So I'm just going to put this in context. So for example, in North America here, we've been very reliant on this food bank model, right? Donating your canned goods, donating your dried beans, donating your your rice and stuff. And then it's doled out to people um, with no extra support really. What there is an uprising of now are organizations, um, a couple that come to top of mind for me, um, that are going to the root of the matter. A couple that I'll reference are Community Food Centers Canada, which are spread out all across Canada, and another one called Food Share that's based in Toronto, Canada, that have educated me and, and are doing a really good job, I think, at educating the public around this idea of when somebody has made it or has had to come to a place like a food bank, there are so many other parts of their life up until that point that have been sacrificed to, for them to have had to go hungry. Do you know what I mean? I think about how many things, if you have so little, so, so little resources available to you, think about how many things you would forego before you had to go to a food bank for food, right? So it's housing, it's childcare, it's clothing, it's education. It's so by the time somebody makes it to a food bank, there are so many other things that they also need help with. And yes, we need food to survive. We need, you know, that bag of canned goods that they're going to be sending along, but it's not fixing the root cause of the issue, which is poverty. So we have this widespread uh, network across North America of food banks that are addressing the service level issue, but there's also now becoming uh, a deeper uh, uprising of organizations that are addressing the root cause of the issue, which is, which is racial injustice, which is poverty. My opinion or my advice would be to seek out those organizations that are addressing the root causes of the issues that we are addressing in communities that are not going to be solved by a food bank, right? Or not only solved by a food bank, get involved with them, you know, whether it's volunteering, whether it's donating, like, I mean, at the end of the day, um, financial donations go a really long way for organizations that are fighting not only to feed people, but also for policy change. One thing that one of my favorite organizations like this here in Canada, um, Food Share in Toronto, you know, they're as much of a policy advocacy organization as fighting for something like a universal basic income here in Canada so that we can eradicate poverty, you know, which is, sounds crazy, but it is something that can be done working with organ and aligning yourself with organizations that are doing that like really deep and meaty work um, that will then alleviate the need for things like food banks. Right. So go deep. I know that sounds kind of scary and intimidating, but that would be like my biggest piece of advice is to, um, to, uh, yeah, find out who these organizations are in your community and because they're everywhere and, uh, and, and support them, whether it be from financial and a financial perspective, um, an energetic perspective, like volunteering, or just honestly, if you don't have either of those things to spare time or money, just like social media support, talking about them, sharing it with your friends, you know, word of mouth goes a really, really long way. And, um, so, you know, everybody, everybody has the opportunity to give one of those things three things, um, money, time, or just verbal support. And, and they all matter. 
starting at the top. I think that is fantastic advice. You know, really, we've talked about this on the show before. A lot of, like you mentioned, the food banks are really the band-aid. They're Mm -hmm. a reaction to something that's already happened. So if you can prevent that from happening, then they no longer have to make their way down to the bottom where you're trying to solve really the repercussions of something instead of just solving Mm -hmm. the problem itself. So thank you for sharing that advice. Wow, you guys must really love pickles because coming in at number two was episode two with Van Holton's Pickles, VP of Sales, Eric Gerard. Eric has been with Van Holton's Pickles for over 10 years. Van Holton's is home of the famous pickle in a pouch and pickle ice. Van Holton's is a big supporter of the Boys and Girls Club of America, and he gave some really great tips about how to get involved. Van Holtons has really taken it to the next level. You guys are a pickle lovers utopia. You have so many different varieties. You have the pickle ice and now you guys have mixers and you have a variety of different flavors. It is no wonder that you guys have been in business for over 120 years at this point. Do you personally have a go-to flavor that you love? Uh, are you pickled out at this point? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I do take a couple days off. Uh, I, I would say I really, I, I'm a cyclist and uh, I really like to either take our hot or our tapatio pickle in a pouch and uh, eat that like halfway through a 40 mile ride. Yeah. So I love the spicy stuff. So I'll always, uh, you know, whether pickles or anything else, and, and I think everyone loves spicy stuff. So that's why the Tapatio collaboration was very fun. You said you're involved yourself. What is a good way to get involved with the Boys and Girls Club? Oh, you know, there are uh, just mentorship opportunities. Um, you know, there, you know, what's really interesting now is uh, uh, locally, they've been doing a lot of, you know, food drive organizations. So uh, our Boys and Girls Club has connected with Second Harvest and Feeding America to to distribute food out. Um, but you know, from helping out after school uh, to doing some education programs, even here in our local branch, uh, we have business people from the credit union that opened up a credit union branch. Uh, so oh, wow. volunteers from the credit union go help ch- children, young teens, uh, work on banking basics or financial literacy basics. So. You know, I would really say any skill you have that, you know, to contact your local branch, um, they're, they're always putting on clinics in the summertime. We've been involved in some of their flag football clinics uh, that they've brought some, you know, ex-NFL players or just local players around. And, um, you know, Michael locally, and I would say all the, the, the different CEOs and all the different leaders from the different divisions, the Boys and Girls Club is very creative and to seeing the needs that their community has and trying to plug those volunteers with those needs. Well, it sounds like it's very organized. It's very easy to get involved with, no matter what skill you have to contribute to whatever the cause is, you know, education. I know tutoring is very helpful. So I know a lot of people right now have a little extra time on their hands and (laughs) schools are getting back started in a lot of areas around the country. For a lot of kids who um, had a, a rough ending to the last school year. You know, a lot of kids actually did not even get to finish out their school year. They just kind of 
stopped going. <laughs> so I know that this upcoming school year is going to be a little more difficult. So if you have opportunities to help tutor or contribute your time, I think that's fantastic advice. So whatever your skill is, if you can donate your time for that, please do get in contact with your local Boys and Girls Club because that will be very helpful. You can never have enough hands-on people when it comes to programs like that. Climbing up to number one is the episode that started it all. Yes, episode number one with Nutso founder, Danielle Dietz-Lavolsi, who's also the co-founder of the nonprofit organization, Project Left Behind. I've learned so much since this first episode, and my interview skills have definitely improved since then. But I'm incredibly grateful for Danielle giving me the time to share her story, talk about Project Left Behind, and have a conversation about everything that they are doing at Netso. They have delicious products. I hope you'll try them out if you haven't got the chance. Enjoy this little throwback, guys. So I know it would be kind of like asking you who your favorite child is, but (laughs) what is your favorite Nutso product at the moment? Yeah, so right now I'm actually eating a lot of bold bites. I'm a snacker. I don't really sit down and like have three square meals a day and I know I'm not alone. So our new bold bites are basically our nut butter in a bar, but we have um, kind of this uh, unique that A, there's not a lot of sugar. So I made sure that there's uh, double the protein to sugar content. So if it has 10 grams of protein, only less than five grams of sugar. And then there's some um, neat, uh, yeah. So we've got also some uh, uniqueness in that uh, two of them have collagen. So I've been eating, I've been going between the peanut pro plus collagen because collagen is great for your skin and your nails. Um, and also the matcha. So there's a Powerfield matcha one, and I don't usually like matcha, but it has ginger in it. It's very good. So I just like I just like to peel a little bit off and pop a little piece in my mouth and kind of keep on working. So that's kind of what I've been into. So yeah, and those are pretty new, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We launched them uh, like a year. I'm constantly on the go and just you know driving, dropping a kid off here, picking up groceries, you know, just constantly going. And I really find myself just needing to grab something to kind of take with me so that I can kind of fuel my body and not, you know, hit like a low point and keep my energy level up. And so that's why we, you know, decided to launch these bold bites because it's kind of like this on the go snacking, but low in sugar. As a social entrepreneur yourself, somebody who is so invested in making a positive impact on the world, what would be the best advice that you could give to a new entrepreneur who's thinking about launching something like this? Yeah, I mean, again, I just go back to it has to be something that you can get passionate about and be authentic about. And um, those two things kind of go hand in hand because you're going to need something that's going to take you to the finish line besides just that, you know, nine to five kind of mentality, because you got to, you know, definitely want to come up with solutions, there's going to be a million fires and problems that you're going to have to solve every day. And so you need passion. And passion comes from, you know, wanting to make a difference, right? We can all think of one thing. I mean, everyone has one thing that you, you know, want to go to the rooftops and shout from the rooftops for change. And so what is that? Like, for me, it's, uh, it's children, disadvantaged children. But for you, it could be the planet, it could be animals, it could be, you know, um, the rainforest. I mean, it really, the sky is the limit, right? But if we all did just a little bit, right, if we just like went a little bit closer to changing the world, like we just even one child, that's huge, right? If we all just 
changed a child's life, one child's life that would be such an impact on the world. And so, you know, we're all trying to just make the world a better place. So I say passion and um, and authenticity. <laughs> Thanks for listening and cheers to many more episodes to come. I would love to hear what's next you would like to see on the podcast coming up. And if you have a chance, leave a rating too. You can find information on all of the episodes mentioned at snackattackpodcast.com. We can also continue the conversation on social media. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn at Snack Impact Pod.